what I need. We're all here at Chiefs Kingdom. It is roster cuts, cuts, cuts day. More cuts than a CJ Spiller run up the middle. Carolyn Holmes, how are you doing today, my friend? Dude, I'm doing good. You know who's stoked right now? And that's Subway because it's a cold cut combo day. All those damn cuts coming at you. A lot of fun. I'm really excited because you know what this means? We're getting so close to start a real meaningful football. Nebraska already lost in college football, but I'm talking actual, real, you know, <laughs> meaningful football. Uh, I'm so excited because the preseason's great, right? It's fun. It feels like the start of, of the football season, like you're getting excited. But in reality, it doesn't really matter. I find myself dozing off. I find myself not caring that much. Once the regular season starts, once you get down to 53, now the legitimate talks can happen. We kept talking about guys like Cornell Powell, who's going to be the sixth wide receiver, this, that, and the other. Guess what the Chiefs said? Screw all you guys. No sixth receiver. We're going with five. We have so much to touch on. But again, you can see it. I'm exuding it. I'm excited. Man, this is like... There's some craziness going on. It makes me want to look toward the future. Like, I, I think Brett Veach is still up to some things. Mm-hmm. At the same time, real, like, quick, serious note. Uh, we do just want to say, like, as fun as it is a day like today to see who's in and out and all the action, it gives us a lot to talk about. There's also, like, 27 guys in the last few days who've, like, now they got to figure out where am I going to live? What new team may give me a chance? Some veterans, some rookies are going, is this the end of my run? You know, you and I have sat down with enough pro athletes before in our history uh, to figure out, you know, like it's tough. It's tough for them to figure out when it's time to call it. So, uh, you know, for all the I hope that when we're all out there talking on social media, there's a sensitivity even here to like lives changed and, and whatnot. But so, yeah, there's a lot to talk about on the field. There's also just a lot to consider off the field. Certainly, we're just thinking of everyone and and wish everyone well, certainly in Chiefs Kingdom as they have to try to find new places to play some of these guys that we're talking about. Yeah, 100% because it is shocking for some of these players. It is one of those situations where your dreams could potentially be over of making it in the NFL. And end of the day, while they seem like gladiators and untouchable, they're, they're people just like you and me. And they do have feelings and it's just like getting canned from a job, right? That's no, no one ever wishes that for, for anyone. So even better if you people. have, uh, you know, so, you. yeah. So e- even if we have like a pick where we think some guy was making the roster, someone was not, uh, for example, everyone got D line, D line wrong. Yeah. But the guys that didn't make it, I'm not going to sit here and say this, that or the other, because it sucks for those guys. It truly does. Uh, also, before we get going into the actual roster and who made it and who's out Shout out Casey Beerco, best sponsor in the world. I'm drinking the Carolator. Holy fuck, that's good. This is my favorite beer they have. Uh, they put it on tap there if you go. It's just absolutely incredible. Uh, Steve made it, and there's no um, label on it. it. It is just the best beer you will ever drink. It was like a specially made one. So we got this this thing. It's called the Carolator. Fantastic. But Casey Beer Co., they make their beer with four ingredients. Water, malt, heat. Uh, mar- wow. I've had three sips. And I'm already hammered. Water, <laughs> malt, hops, yeast. Dude, it's like 10% in this beer, okay? Someone's like Carol now instead of Carol later. You need to like... <laughs> 
back that off. What's going on? That's how good Casey Beerco is. You feel just very happy after three sips, but we say it every week. It's because it's true. Casey Beerco is phenomenal. It's true. Dare to beer differently. When you see the red carton, grab it in your local uh, grocery store. Speaking of red, let's talk. Who made the red and gold? Uh, some of these decisions from the very beginning. Like even if you said, even if you said, let's start at quarterback. You're already running into some surprises on this team. So let's go to it. Uh, Sterling and myself are going to spend today's episode going line by line on the Chiefs roster, position by position, looking at who's in and what that means in terms of who's out and what we mean with uh, and what we think about that. Sterling, let's start at the top here. Quarterback, Patrick Mahomes made it. I don't you know. Whatever. No. Since, since Patrick made it, my, my thing comes true. I said, if Patrick Mahomes makes the roster, I will go golfing. It's too bad. Someone's got to do it. Someone had to suffer for it. <laughs> for it. So, you know, look, Chad Henney was uh, Chad Henney's contract guaranteed $2 million. I mean, you don't do that unless you know we're going to, I mean, that's not like an amount that's going to like keep a team from making some mega move. But in this case, it was always going to be enough to keep Henney on the roster. They're going to keep him whatever. But Shane Bouchelle now occupies a valuable spot. They protected him last year on, on the practice squad. I, th- I believe it was the Arizona Cardinals who were interested in in maybe poaching him and then and then Casey kind of nipped that in the bud. So now we see him have a decent preseason. Now he's on the roster from the beginning. Like what do you make of like are you a fan of keeping Bouchelle as as QB3? Are you sad about having to use that spot? Or are you like, hell no, keep him on the roster? What do you think of that? It's a double-edged sword. I am stoked they kept Shane Bouchelle. I'm irritated to an extent. They kept three quarterbacks. I like Chad Henney. He's done phenomenal work for Kansas City in his limited action. Andy Reid loves those veteran quarterbacks. Uh, was it Kevin Cobb? Ring a bell? I mean, like, he he gets it done with backup quarterbacks who are just 30 years plus all the time when injuries occur. But at some point, I, I think part of the, the reason they kept Henney is because he's the, the veteran, right? It's another mine for Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes is a veteran now. He is the guy. He's the guy who can teach and lead other young guys at this point. He's, what, 27? At least 27, I believe, when the season starts. Yeah, He's no longer this young kid anymore. They don't need to keep Chad Henney for another mind. That's what the quarterback coach is for. That's what Andy Reid is for. Shane Bouchelle showed me enough. If anything were to happen, God forbid. Obviously, it's like the whole Peyton Manning situation where if I go down, the team's fucked. But if you have one or two games, I think Shane Bouchelle – can handle that duty. I don't know what Chad Henney brings at this point. Uh, obviously, you mentioned the contract situation, but it, when you look at the grand scheme of things, $2 is not a ton. It's not. It's not. But I also think, do you think that maybe they didn't know quite what they had in Shane Bouchelle or couldn't? So they said, let's get Henney. We'll get him in for a decent amount. Henney comes back. And that everyone inside kind of knows this is the transition year. Like they did the same thing at starter. Alex Smith, Patrick Mahomes carried over a year and done. And maybe they're even doing that on the back end just to have ultimate security and sort of predictability at the, at the position. I mean, I just wonder if there's something built in there that, hey, even that even though Shane maybe looks better than what we thought 
we're still, we committed to Chad early on. We told Chad that early on, but we're also not going to let Bouchel go just because we have QB2 on the roster this year. This could be a nice long-term pairing where Bouchel's given really kind of a red carpet for a mm-hmm. rookie free agent to slowly grow into a nice backup QB role behind the best in the game. Yeah, uh, 100% agree. I think next year, Shane Bouchelle is for sure the backup and Chad Henney is, it will be out of the equation. I, I do think there was some thoughts of, would they try and trade Shane Bouchelle for a draft pick? I don't think so, just based on what they would receive back for him. You're not getting a third rounder, at least in my opinion, right? You're not you're not getting any high draft pick back for, for Shane Bouchelle. The Chiefs are already loaded with late round draft picks. Already, they're going to have trouble keeping a lot of guys next season from that draft class. Adding another fifth, sixth, seventh rounder, in my opinion, would not equate to enough value for it to make sense. So I think Shane Bouchelle is here for the long haul. Nice buns. Soft, fluffy, and ultra-low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra-low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O dot C-O. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. And by the way, you just mentioned, you know, they didn't trade Shane and, and whatever. Let's let's talk real quick here. Were you surprised that Brett Veach didn't get any draft capital for any player released? Like, I just thought at least I thought the Chiefs were deep enough that someone has to have some positional value mm. for a team. And, it, and that didn't come to fruition. No, I, I'm not really that surprised. Uh, I know it's a different scenario and the contract makes a difference. But say, for example, Alex Leatherwood from the Raiders. He was a first round draft pick last year, right? Nothing. Yep. He's gone. Couldn't get any any takers. Uh, again, the contract obviously comes into play here. But which guy were, would you say, oh, yeah, that guy was going to be for sure a, a pickup from another team. Another team's going to offer this, that, or the other. Even if it is a seventh rounder, again, like I mentioned, the Chiefs already have a plethora of draft picks this upcoming season. Yes, more is better, more chances. But maybe they also want to let, you know, for example, uh, someone walk and pick their own team. The Chiefs have been very... I would say they were lauded as an organization that treats their players the right way. Kind of the same thing with Tyreek Hill. They could have traded him to, at the time, was it the Jets that yeah. were very interested? 
And Tyreek also said, hey, I want to go to Miami. So the Chiefs made sure that was a priority. Obviously, that's a superstar compared to someone who's not there yet. But I do think there could be something to that. Yeah, I I guess it's a little bit, you know, I thought Ronald Jones was going to be traded. I thought maybe Taylor Stallworth might get traded. I mean, like if he's not going to be on the roster, it wasn't that long ago that Jermaine Carter Jr. was a decent linebacker signing. And so maybe in another defense, another system, you know, maybe he nets you even like a swap of draft picks. I was just a little surprised that there was zero trade in the preseason from Brett Veach. Well, let's go to running back then because they're keeping four running backs plus a fullback. So five backs overall. The big one obviously is Ronald Jones. How shocked were you when you found out Ronald Jones made the roster? Very shocked. You know, the, his whole roller coaster of (laughs) like, you know, like when the chiefs first signed him, it was like, Oh, the chiefs may have grabbed someone who could be like, Maybe he'll even overtake Clyde as like the lead back. And like there was all this um, fanfare about adding him. And then in the beginning of the preseason, there was all this like everyone was jumping off that bandwagon. Now he's like back on. And some people like told you. I mean, it's just kind of a crazy route. I think here's what I wonder. And I wanted to ask you this question here because I honestly just don't know. I, I like I have to admit, I don't know this. Do you think Rojo's lack of carries? early in the preseason was more about let's give Pacheco a lot more bandwidth early on to see just how good he is. Cause he flashed so well, like early training camp and OTAs, whatever. So you give him like all these early carries to see, is he going to like sprint out and be some unexpected player or is he going to hang himself and eventually look like a seventh round rookie? Then when he does, then they turn back to Rojo and it's like, okay, let's get you ready for the season two. Do you think that part of Rojo's inactivity was about, we'll get to you, Rojo, because we know what you can do, but let's let's get more about Pacheco up front so that we can sort things out. I, I would like to think yes, but it's not like we saw a ton of Pacheco in, in the preseason. I mean, what was it, the first game or the second game? He only played uh, like two series. It was basically starter-type snaps. So I don't think that was necessarily the case. I think it comes down to Clyde has had a lot of injuries early on in his career. Whether it's fair or not, that's going to get you labeled with a injury-prone designation. And you play running back. It's obviously a very, very physical position. I think they want someone who has shown at least something in the NFL before. Isaiah Pacheco, while he's looked good, obviously a rookie, seventh-round rookie. That's a lot of pressure for him to all of a sudden, if something were to happen to Clyde, okay, man, you're now the guy. Jarek McKinnon is strictly a third-down back. That's what it feels like. He's the best pass catching back on this roster. He's best pass pro, but he's not had a ton of carries in his career. When he's been the guy, Jarek McKinnon, he's gotten hurt. So with all of these injuries concerns surrounding this running back group, I felt like maybe they thought they had to keep four just in case. Uh, While I personally would probably keep three and try and stash a guy on the practice squad, that feels like the most sense in my eyes. I guess the Chiefs felt that this made more sense based on previous injury history. One guy I'd be very intrigued about is Tyler Beatty. Uh, He was drafted, I believe, in the sixth round, went to the University of Missouri, an incredible pass catching back. Incredible, right? Keeps the legs moving as well when it comes to going up the middle, even though he is smaller size. It looks like the Ravens were going to let him walk, uh, which was, to me, a little bit of a surprise. The Ravens do have a fairly deep running back group. But if the Chiefs wanted to take a look at Tyler Beatty, I would not be shocked. I think, uh, weren't the Ravens going to add Drake, Kenyon Drake? Now, 
Yeah, that, that's, that's what I heard. And that was why uh, Tyler Beatty was going to be the odd man out. OK, OK. Um, yeah. Here's what I wonder. Do you think that maybe I mean, the Chiefs, you still have almost two weeks until the regular season. Um, some other guys, including Denzel Mims, is still on an active roster for the Jets. Do you think the Chiefs are potentially keeping Rojo around as trade fodder? Dude, he's a running back. Do you, you, what's he getting? It, it, it's Ronald Jones. There's no chance that Ronald Jones gets any any value in a trade. Well, yeah, Carlos Hyde just got something a couple of years ago, and he was <laughs> and he was a big nothing at the time. What did he get? What did Carlos Hyde get? He got back Martinez Rankin. I mean, it's a player for player. Here's what I'm sure. saying. Because let me okay, let me argue this in the same way that you say Rojo's not worth trading anything. I would say then he's not worth rostering either. What's the sure. difference? What's the difference between Rojo on the active roster now or like Philip Lindsay, who was just cut earlier today? I might like Philip Lindsay better. Like th- th- this is not a, an end all be all. I just I think for Kansas City, they they felt that a veteran guy with all of the injury concerns in the running back room made sense. I'm not sitting here saying Ronald Jones is this stud. You're not going to hear that from me. Ronald Jones is fine. He's fine. There's nothing wrong with Ronald Jones. He's going to have a role. Short yarded situations, no third downs, first and second down, potentially fourth down. I'm not saying Ronald Jones is better than this, that, or the other. That's not me. Don't don't shoot me. I'm just I'm just telling you from the Chiefs' perspective. That's what I think they're doing. I have Ronald Jones rage right now, and I'm 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 inaccurately projecting it onto you. I'm going to see my counselor tomorrow, so we'll we'll (laughs) document that. Yeah, you know, I'm just I'm just not excited by it. I'm I'm not excited by by some of these choices. I can't believe we're as thin as we are in other positions, which we'll get to those. Jones just happens to be occupying one of those spots, and I'm scratching my head going, I just don't see the value add for what he could bring. But yeah, anyway. Wide receivers, my friend. Wide receivers. So they kept five. What? <laughs> <laughs> five names here. Uh, and let's go over them, right? We kept Juju Smith-Schuster, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, McCole Hardman, Sky Moore, and then Justin Watson. I Like, I just can't believe there's not a sixth name there. Is that just baffling to you? Uh, no. When you keep three quarterbacks, four running backs, and a fullback, you're going to have to cut back somewhere. Makes sense. I thought for sure they were keeping six. I just didn't think they were going to keep three quarterbacks. That was the biggest surprise probably, right? So you have to take a spot from somewhere. Obviously, this means they think Justin Watson is more than just a special teamer. Yeah. Right? And they have a lot of faith in Justin Watson. Also probably means we'll see a good amount of Sky Moore. Realistically, that six wide receiver doesn't get a ton of actual offensive snaps to begin with. Right. It's always fun when you have a let's say Jory's Fountain. He's on the roster. Right. But how many snaps was he actually going to get on offense? Not many. He's a special teamer. Dave Tobe obviously went a different route. The main surprise was Jory's Fountain not making it after Dave Tobe said he was going to be a core special teamer. That was a shocking situation for me. Cornell Powell, he looked better early on. He looked improved from last season, but still he kind of slid off as the offseason progressed. Justin Watson kept picking up steam. Uh, Corey Coleman looked really good in the return game, but there's so many other players the Chiefs could use in the return game. If that's all he was going to add value for, didn't make a ton of sense again when you have three quarterbacks and four running backs. They just came down to a number crunch, 
And that's the way it went. I wouldn't be shocked. I guess I would be shocked, but I wouldn't, I would be intrigued if they took a look at Denzel Mims from the Jets. Obviously, the Jets were trying to trade Denzel Mims, a second rounder from Baylor. Uh, they even said he was like sixth on the depth chart for the Jets, but he obviously had a high pedigree. The Chiefs love taking looks at former first and second round draft picks. That's something I could get uh, get behind, at least in an intriguing sense of the word. Yeah, the, the fifth receiver just has me wondering whether there's something in the works for someone else there or if by the regular season things will shift once guys go on injury lists and and then things are moving around. I don't know. I I, I just think there's this is not this is this is a work in progress. We need to analyze it as such and fans need to to kind of read it as, as such. Um I will say this. I think you know we've talked before about Chicago. Um the Bears are wide receiver needy. Ryan Poles is the GM there. Mm-hmm. Um it you know wouldn't surprise me to see that like, Cornell Powell especially, you know, claimed on waivers going there. Um, how many of these guys do you think we'll see on the practice squad? Do you think we'll see two receivers, three receivers there? Yeah, I, I think if Fountain gets through for sure, I think Cornell Powell will get through. He'll be there. Uh, Josh Gordon, I don't know what his career has left for him. By the way, shout out to Josh Gordon. As much as he's had to go through some self-inflicted, obviously some based on league rules, which now he probably would not have even been suspended for. He kept his head down here in Kansas City. There were no issues. No. He seemed like a consummate professional, a great teammate, seemed good in the community. So give Josh Gordon credit, right, for all he has gone through in his career. Again, I'm not saying he's absolved of no blame, right? But you got to give that guy credit when he had an opportunity. He at least gave the most as he possibly could. Hopefully he latches on another team. Practice squad Canada, I don't know. He's, what, I believe 31 now. Does he want to be on a practice squad? But that's kind of how that goes. I don't, I don't know a team that's really – AG or just, you know, really wanting a 31 year old wide receiver. Yeah. I will say the, the, um, even today when he was like posting online, he's like, he's a class act. Yeah. Like a like totally a class act. Let's move on to tight end because obviously that goes with the wide receivers. And you know, we've talked about this before. I mean, to me, Jody Fortson is such a, almost like that wide receiver. I mean, he was a wide receiver when he came into the NFL from Valdosta state, the chiefs turned him into positionally a tight end. So he's like technically a tight end, but he is that hybrid guy. Maybe that explains why you only need to go five there. Any surprises for you at the, at the tight end position? I I, I think we all kind of knew this was how it was going to shake out, right? Yeah. They're going to keep four tight ends. They're going to put Blake bell on the IR to start the season. That we'll get to in a second, but a, a player at linebacker is coming back who was released based on Blake bell going on the IR. Once the season begins, Uh, I think Bushman showed out in that final game. He may have had a chance to make the roster uh, with Blake Bell going on the IR, but then he broke his collarbone. By the way, what an absolute tank. You break your collarbone and you're just like shaking your arm trying to get it back. And I'm just sitting here going, I sleep on my neck wrong and I'm out for three days. This dude breaks his shoulder basically. It's like, yeah, let's just pop that bad boy back in place. Let's just see if we can get this working. But I do think Fortson is um, someone who can play a little bit of wide receiver, and that probably alleviates some of the concern why the Chiefs only kept five wide receivers. Do you think another move is coming? So let, uh, let's talk wide, Let's talk uh, tight end here real fast. Blake Bell, best blocker, has a, quote, unusual hip injury. It required surgery. Now he's going to injured reserve in some way. Now, note this. 
if the, if the diagnosis on Blake Bell was horrible, the Chiefs would have already placed him on IR for the whole season. That's not the case. The Chiefs waited because they know Blake Bell will be back sometime this season, waited until afterward, and then they – so now they're waiting, putting him on. But without your best blocker there, remember this, just a week ago, a guy named Kendall Blanton, right, local product, went to Mizzou, was waived by the L.A. Rams. When he was waived by the L.A. Rams, the Chiefs, according to NFL reporter Field Yates, they put in a waiver claim, but the Washington Commanders, who were sitting much higher in the waiver order, got Blanton instead. The Commanders, thats I, I forget, i it's hard to remember to say the Washington Commanders. Uh, the Washington Commanders cut Blanton today. The Chiefs put in a claim for him a week ago. Are they going to do the same again? Uh, I mean, if you liked him a week ago, wouldn't would you not like him now? Except now is a little bit thinner. Like, what do you do with that? I wouldn't be shocked. And the reason why is Kendall Blanton, for the majority of his NFL career, has been a block first tight end. All of a sudden, come playoff time, Sean McVay got creative and Kendall Blanton showed out as a receiver as well. I liked him at Mizzou. He's fine. But honestly, he's more of a block first tight end, so it makes sense. I've seen some O.J. Howard getting thrown around as O.J. Howard was released from the Buccaneers. O.J. Howard, in my opinion, is a pass-first tight end. As much fun as it would be, and the name recognition is obviously there. Trust me, when O.J. Howard got, got released, I'm like, oh, hell yeah. That, that could make some sense. But from a football NFL perspective, he's not getting, taking snaps away from Travis Kelsey. He's not taking snaps away from Jody Fordson. At that point, he's basically a maybe souped up Noah Gray, and that still leaves you without your blocking tight end. Obviously, I think Michael Burton could handle the blocking role uh, in the short term. But again, if Blake Bell is going to miss an extended period of time, Kendall Blanton does make a lot of sense. Yeah, I, I I was intrigued by that when I saw Blanton's name come back across, and I thought, if Veach liked you last week, is he going to like you this week when the roster is that much thinner? Uh, it'll be interesting to see what Veach does on Wednesday, uh, or even who the Chiefs have access to. With number, I mean, at number thirty in the waiver order, you're getting the last pick of of you know next to next to last of anyone. So uh, yeah, we'll see who slips through there. Well, what do you think? Do you think that they go after and try and bring back Kendall Blanton or another tight end? Um, I think so. I, th- I think there's I think there's a move there to be made. You got to have that blocker going forward. You can't go without it. Um, you know they kept four last year because they needed it. Uh, I don't like it. I'd love to see three tight ends hold down all of those responsibilities. But Noah Gray does not seem to be ready for. You know, like like his blocking is not there. Fortson's blocking is not there. Yeah, I wouldn't believe it if we hadn't put in a claim for Blanton last week. But it just seems silly for me to say, oh, yeah, I was shopping for a new. We went puppy shopping last week, but now my family's not interested in a new pet. Of course we are. We didn't go to the pet shop last week to not get one. We went to go get one and we just didn't get one. So, of course, we still want one. That just seems silly to think, oh, no, they don't want Blanton anymore. Of course they do. Of course they do. And, and I'm... It's a question of will they get it? Let's go to offensive line. So far, the Chiefs have kept Orlando Brown Jr., Jerron Christian, Andrew Wiley, Prince Tego Winogo. Uh, you got to get a jersey. Joe Tooney, Nick Allegretti, Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, Darian Kennard. Obviously, some surprises there. Before we get to all of that, though, you, Matt Connor, have to buy a Prince Tega Winogo jersey. Tega my money. Tega my money right now. Prince Tega Winogo, I love it. I love that name. I love I love everything about him. I love how do you not 
Coach Chigawanogo may be my new favorite player. I don't know. I just love it. I love the fact he's got three names. I love the fact that he is a long shot who made the roster. He's going to be Orlando. We're trading Orlando Brown Jr. and it's going to be Prince Tegawanogo outside. He's going to play right tackle too. See you, Andrew Wiley. It's Prince Tega on one side and Wanogo on the other. Uh, I made the joke on Twitter earlier. Hey, there's Wanogo in anywhere. He's staying the course. So I love it. I can make a million puns with his name. Yeah, hell yeah, I'm buying that jersey. Hell yeah. One of the surprising cuts was Austin Ryder. I see John saying he's heard that Ryder comes back tomorrow. I think Allegretti is the clear backup center on this roster. I said going into this, I don't know what role Austin Ryder was going to have because of his positional uh, versatility, or should I say lack thereof, as a straight center. Yeah, Nick Allegretti with the ability to play center and guard. Again, they kept a lot of tackles, it looked like, although you could also make the case Andrew Wiley could swing in and play guard if need be. But they kept a lot of tackles when it comes to Darian Kennard, uh, Jerron Christensen, Andrew Wiley, and Prince Tegawanogo as far as who's going to be the starter. What happens with Lucas Niang whenever his return is? He has to miss the first four weeks at a minimum. But that's also a name to keep in mind is with Lucas Niang, whenever he comes off the pup list, is someone leaving? Yeah. I think there's a move coming here. I don't think you keep Kennard, Winogo, Christian, Wiley, and Brown. I think there's something happening here. And I don't know if the Chiefs just think, hey, we like the positional value. When the dust settles, we'll... Do you think it's Brown? Do you think it's Orlando Brown? I No, 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 no. no okay, think, okay. No, no, no. But I, I think the Chiefs believe that maybe there's some positional value in the guys that they protected. It. I think it shows a couple things. Maybe there's that. I think it also shows that Kennard is nowhere close to ready, but they're also not ready to punt after one single preseason. So, like, Kennard is basically like, we got to stash this kid. Sucks. Um, at the same time, Christian can play both the left and the right side. The, like, you don't need to keep Winogo here unless you also know, hey, he's – unless you know Matt Connor needs him to buy a jersey, right? So, <laughs> I, I think there's a need, you know, there's tackles are hard to find in the league. I think the chiefs know they've got, we've got the serviceable backup swing tackle that we want, but we also have a couple guys who are really interesting in Winogo and Kennard, and we're going to hold on to both. I think a further move is coming. That's too many guys to keep on the active roster mm-hmm. for this year. I could be wrong there and maybe they just stash it. Maybe that's what it is, but um, yeah, it's, it's a nice abundance of riches to have shout out real fast to Nick Allegretti for just being a hell of a backup. I mean, that guy played well when he was a starter, mm-hmm. can play all the whole interior now. They were trying Austin Ryder at right guard. I mean, they were trying to make him a little bit more valuable. So if he's on the if he's on the, the practice squad, that's a good thing. But yeah, boy, love that. Allegretti is a seventh round find is maybe one of my favorite values on the whole team. I also think this could put a little bit of pressure on Orlando Brown Jr. Saying, hell yeah, we're keeping all these tackles. Eventually <laughs> one might hit, huh? <laughs> one, one no. Might. We'll just rotate them in and see. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I got to ask, what do you know, Sterling, about Orlando Brown Jr. as far as getting traded? Nothing. I'm just, this is all speculation. <laughs> Legitimately all speculation. I was just irritated about how he went about some of his offseason dealings and so I'm thinking, hey, put a little pressure on him, make him perform. I'm okay with it. Sterling hates half of Chiefs players, as we know. No, that's not true. I don't hate anyone, Matt. Name one person. I don't hate a single person. 
Andy Reid, you hate Andy Reid. Thoroughly love him. Loved him with the Eagles. I'm kidding. Fun that fact was- for you, Eagles were my NFC team growing up. Then I moved to Philly. First year I lived there, they won the Super Bowl. You are good luck. And Everin told me, all the Philly fans go, oh, you'll never win. The Chiefs will never win with Andy Reid. He'll choke it away. Dude, you're, you're good luck, man. See? Maybe it's you. I don't know. Let's move on to the other side. Let's talk defense for a little bit here. The defensive line, uh, let me just read these off to you because this is kind of crazy. George Karloftis, Frank Clark, Carlos Dunlap, Mike Dana as defensive ends. Wait, no, more than that, Joshua Kando and Malik Herring. (laughs) What's what's happening? Uh, And then in the interior, Chris Jones, Derek Nottie, Colin Saunders, who we should talk about, and Tershawn Wharton. Uh, or Turk. Let's talk here. Let's start on the outside and work our way in. Six defensive ends, including both Kendo and Herring, not competing with each other, but high-fiving each other as new teammates. What do you make of that? Yeah, I had them both missing, and then I had Danny Shelton on the roster. They kept a lot of ends. I don't know if Spag's just sitting here going, we're going to run four ends or three ends in Chris Jones at one point just to really get after the quarterback on third and longs. I don't understand this. I don't know if the Chiefs thought Malik Herring and Joshua Kando were in danger of being snagged by another team, but I'd be shocked if so. I don't understand it. Malik Herring and Joshua Kando are both, in my opinion, developmental guys, but then you also have a rookie and George Karloff is starting. I'm shocked. Just, just frankly, I was shocked. It is good news. Obviously, Carlos doesn't have the Achilles. Whatever situation is going on there doesn't seem too concerning but if you want to look at it on the other side keeping that many guys could mean it is a little bit more concerning than than originally thought i don't know it just felt interesting to keep six defensive ends malik herring has been out with an oblique so do you think there's a move coming to put him on ir and maybe it only becomes five ends and they bring back a taylor stallworth or danny shelton i would hope so i hope so Four four D tackles seems light for a four three base defense, right? That feels pretty light, uh, especially with as good as Colin Saunders has been. There's still some unknowns there. He's still technically in that developmental category, right? Yeah. Turk Wharton's fine, but Turk Wharton's nothing incredible. Derek Nadia has a role and he fills that role well, but he's not going to be playing on third and longs. It would make sense, in my opinion, if they were going to do that with Malik and then bring back Danny Shelton. Taylor Stallworth, I thought, was going to show a little bit more, but we never heard about him hardly at all. From OTAs, training camp, preseason, Stallworth never showed out. Uh, As it progressed, I felt like Danny Shelton jumped over over, uh, Taylor Stallworth. But again, that makes the most sense because six DNs is shocking. Yeah, I'm I'm a little surprised. I'm a little surprised it wasn't the other way around because – like Wharton can slide outside. Jones can slide outside. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you some of these guys, I mean, some of these guys can slide inside on, on Spags is like NASCAR packages where it's, where it's all blitz and, and, you know, Karloftis is going to be inside and, and, and whatever, but, but Fucking yeah. Leo Chanel could, could swing outside if need be like you could have Leo out there. I just, I'm, I'm a little flummoxed that, that, uh, that is these four inside. I'll say this. I, I think Turk Wharton had an excellent preseason. I'm excited by his leap forward. I think he's going to be great. And I said I wanted to talk about this. Tip of the hat to Colin Saunders, who came into training camp as, yeah, he's gone, and then 
played his ass off in every single preseason game. I mean, there wasn't one every one of the three preseason games you ended up going, holy hell, that guy's burst is something else. Wow, look at that athleticism. Look at that. Uh, look at that effort. Uh, he's got such an intriguing blend of of strength, size, agility, and burst. And it all feels like it's finally coming together after dealing with some injuries. So I'm real happy for that kid. I, I you know, he's a fun follow on Twitter. Seems to be a great teammate. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a good call there. I, I would just like to see, you know, one more guy. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe this is one of the moves that the Chiefs will make. Maybe they're like, you know, honestly, Shelton and Stallworth weren't that great. And we're going to find someone else outside. Yeah. Uh, I keep seeing the name Indomitian Sue. I don't know what's going on with Indomitian Sue. On paper, he should be signed to a team. I don't know if some of his, I don't want to say bad teammate, because I don't know if he's a bad teammate, but some of his dirty moves have him blackballed from some teams. I don't know. But you're right. Indomitian Sue, early on, would you have taken him over Taylor Stallworth, over you know Danny Shelton? On paper, at least, it seems like it makes a better fit. I mean, I was a little surprised at all the people who thought Shelton might make it because Shelton was just such a late addition. I thought he was. I mean, it seems cool to have like someone so big and an automatic run stuffer. But I mean, you know, when a guy's sitting there available with two weeks left in training camp, you know, it's like kind of available for the reason. I will say this. Some veterans know this. The Chiefs are going to play the Arizona Cardinals. And then after that first week, a lot of veterans will get signed because their their contracts are no longer guaranteed if they sign after week one. So maybe the Chiefs or other teams are willing to dip into the, the veteran pool for non-guaranteed money. We just have to wait a week and see how the team looks in the desert in week one. So maybe that's when you get into your Sue or someone else. Three. That's when you have the real 53, man. This right now, if you're up, those players 47 through 53, oh, yeah. you're still sweating. Oh, yeah. Uh, Let's hit linebacker, uh, Nick Bolton, Willie Gay Jr., Leo, Darius Harris, and then eventually Eliza, Elijah Lee whenever Blake Bell gets put on the IR. Jermaine Carter was a little bit of a surprise cut yes. for me. I thought Jermaine Carter was fairly locked in. Darius Harris making the roster was fairly surprising to me. He's shown out in the preseason. He's looked fine and stint throughout his tenure in Kansas City, but not many people had him making this roster. Yeah, I was I mean, he looked great though. He looked great in the late preseason and and you know, he earned his spot. Congratulations to him. I don't ever remember in the preseason thinking hell of a play by Jermaine Carter Jr. Like I I I'm I have to say I wasn't like analyzing plays to see like where Carter was at, but also I just don't ever remember any extra hustle ever any like great angle on a tackle any good instinct that made him stand out against really a lot of inferior competition so in some ways maybe we should have seen that one coming it just seems like the the signing and the contract maybe seemed to herald that he had a spot whatever um i'm a little surprised that they're going as well, I guess they are getting Elijah Lee back. So five is fine there. Yeah, I'm excited. I will say this. Uh, remember last year how we felt about linebacker. Then remember the year before. This whole unit, this whole unit in very recent years, as in Super Bowl years, has been like anemic. Like this, like like the least talented position on the team, even through some like very, very successful years. So I am really excited to think about what, this defense might look like with Bolton and Gay and then Chanel as he gets better, you know, over the course of 17 games. I, 
We just haven't seen it. We haven't seen it. This group is just so athletic. It's absurd. You're right. The linebacking core from two years a year ago to now, so much different. I actually was someone who thought Anthony Hitchens, to an extent, got a little uh, blamed, I think, sometimes for stuff out of his control. You know, I, I think Hitchens was fine, but I think a lot of fans expected him to be great. And he wasn't great. He was good. He was average. He was fine. He wasn't the main issue. This is different, though. Yeah. Nick Bolton flies around back there. Plus, a lot better in pass coverage from that from week one. And I'm still pulling this pulling this out here. That second game against the Chargers, he looked really good in pass coverage. Really good. He is improving. Willie Gate Jr., when Patrick Allen and Matt Verderam talked to Brett Veach, basically said, draft Nick Bolton. Willie Gay Jr. was out here promoting for another linebacker to play with because he knew Nick Bolton would do a great job getting him set, take some, or I guess, take some pressure off of Willie Gay Jr. because they do things so well. They complement each other. Add in Leo, add in Elijah Lee, add in Darius Harris. This might be the position group I am most excited to see. I don't know if it happens start of the season, but I could see end of the year, this linebacking core for Kansas City being a top five unit in the NFL. Yeah, the 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 duo for sure. I'm I'm tapping the brakes on Chanel yeah. because there's some real rough edges there. I mean, there's mm-hmm. a lot to like, a lot to like, but there's a lot of rough edges, way rougher than Gay and rougher than Bolton when they were coming in. So... Like last year when you say, oh, well, Nick Bolden had his had his doubts about coverage coming in. Those are nothing compared to the growing edges that Chanel has. That's why he slipped to the third and, and whatnot. But they're not reliant on Chanel either. So as they can let him grow, let him even try coverage, he just was not tasked with, with like, like Wisconsin used him very well doing what he does and then didn't really ask much else of him in that way. So yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun to see him grow for sure. Yeah. I I think Leo ends up with the fourth amount of snaps on this roster. I think Elijah Lee will play more than Leo this season. They're still trying to figure out how to use Leo. Is he a pass rusher? Is he a traditional linebacker? Can he drop back into coverage? Because the athleticism says, yeah, he should be able to keep up with basically anyone in coverage. Yeah, He just has not shown that yet. He is a work in progress with extremely high upside. Uh, going to the cornerbacks, Chiefs kept Legereus Need, Trent McDuffie, Joshua Williams, Jalen Watson, Rashad Fenton, and then Chris Lamonts. What do you think? My warning bells are going off like crazy. Like, of all the positions that we have discussed, I think this is the position that worries me the most. That said, I will be the first one to say, two years ago, I was also very concerned about cornerback because it looked like the thinnest position, and Legereus Sneed was ready from week one, and then the unit goes on to play very well. Like, Fenton played very well. Out of the blue, Sneed was an instant starter, and everyone was like, oh, I guess they're okay. But at the time, it looked like, what's happening here? And I, I know McDuffie's healthy now. He's off the concussion protocol list. I know that Fenton's back in practice, and he's out of the groin injury, whatever. But I guess here's what I'm saying. I'm crossing my fingers that Rashad Fenton can be a boundary starter from for 17 games in the NFL. That part, I don't know. I, I trust McDuffie. I think McDuffie is I think that kid is going to be a total stud. I can't say that enough. I like Sneed in in the slot. I like that. And then behind them, I like Joshua Williams. I like Jalen Watson. I I think they're going to be good developmental growing corners. And I like Fenton, 
but I like Fenton in that sort of like as your spot starter. Like if this was a major league rotation, yeah. I'd be like, oh, Rashad Fenton's is a great fifth starter. That's what I yeah. want to say. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, you say, hey, Rashad Fenton is your is your number two starting pitcher, which I know we're mixing sports metaphors here. Suddenly I'm like, uh, I have problems with this rotation of a bunch of rookies, Fenton and then and then Steve, you know. So like, does that even make sense to you? Do you think I'm being silly? What's your take on that? I completely agree. And it's very funny. On any given day, I've talked myself into saying this Chiefs cornerback group is deep. I love it. And then the same day I'll say, wow, they seem thin. There's so yeah. much inexperience. I don't think I like it. It, it just depends on how you look at it, honestly, because I'm a with you. I'm with you. Trim McDuffie looks like an absolute stud. There's a reason you haven't heard a ton coming from Trim McDuffie and just about what he's done. First round cornerback goes about his business the right way. You're not going to hear a lot about it unless he's doing something wrong. The fact you haven't heard a lot about Trent, that's a good thing. Legereus Sneed, I completely trust. I'm with you there. Those two guys I'm I'm very comfy with. Rashad Finn, perfect analogy. He's fine in certain situations. His PFF grade last year was very, very good if you subscribe to the PFF mantra of things. Finn's a, a solid player. You, you mentioned if he's your fifth starter, that's a good rotation. If he's your number two, number three, you could do a little better. Joshua Williams, I think, is going to be really good, but I think it's going to take some time. The tools of Joshua Williams are all there. Yes. They're there. But he, at times, looks confused, got burnt. I liken him to Traverius Ward early on. The tools are there. It's going to take a little bit of time to really get him up to speed. He's not afraid to tackle. Jalen Watson is extremely raw. It's just a young, inexperienced cornerback group. Nothing wrong with that. And then again, Chris Lamont is not going to play necessarily on, on, on defense. He's just a special teams guy. So you're basically looking at those four, five corners. Uh, DiCaprio Boodle almost made it. I really thought he was going to make it this year. Seems like a practice squad candidate. But yeah, you're right. The, just the youth and inexperience, at least early on to me, outweighs the athleticism and upside. End of the season could be completely different from from week one through week six. Yeah, for sure. And ultimately, I think I would begrudgingly or cautiously agree. Like you have to let the kids play in order to see what you have in them. But it would not surprise me to see, like if you said at the trade deadline, like from the future, if you relayed back to me, a cornerback is where the Chiefs are going to make their move. It wouldn't surprise Patrick Peterson. (laughs) Yeah. But finally, at the age of 37, <laughs> right? I, mean, I, it, I, I think maybe there's where the Chiefs may make a move or, you know, or, for, or like bolstering the pass rush if Dunlap is not everything the Chiefs want him to be. I mean, like something makes sense, you know, in, in, in either spot. But, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. I hope, look, recent history shows us in 2020, the kids were ready to play when everyone was doubting them. If you go back to 2020, if you just read socials, You'll just see everyone was panicking, everyone, and then the kids were all right. So, yeah, we we can hope that the Chiefs coaches are doing the same thing that they were back then. When it comes to the safeties, I finally got a position group completely right. You did. Nailed all four. Went with Justin Reed, Juan Thornhill, Brian Cook, and Dion Bush, Zane Anderson, special teams. Uh, I believe Ace was used by Adam Schefter. He was... Fairly solid on special teams, but those two mishaps really, 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 really 
stand out. So <laughs> everyone has this in their mind that Zane Anderson was just a complete liability. He was solid. Obviously, Dave Tobe thought very, very highly of him. Yeah, He's no longer the roster. So these four safeties, really solid group. Really, really solid. Don't know what the upside necessarily is. I don't know if they're going to be some elite group by any means, but I think they're a group that you're going to sit here and go, they are much improved over last year, and that's going to be uh, fun to watch. Yeah, yeah, I I totally agree. I um I like Justin Reed. I like I like seeing what he brings. I think he's going to be great. Um, I'm a, I'm really intrigued by Brian Cook. I you know he's he's kind of the he's kind of the dark horse of rookies. You know, like all this ink is spilled about like George Furious George and then Trent McDuffie. The Chiefs finally have a lockdown corner and Sky Moore's exciting. And then then we skip over that and go right to Chanel, like Death Row Chanel. And lost in that is like Brian Cook's got to be going, hey, I was a second round pick too. I, you know, like I, I'm, I'm a hard hitting safety ready to show you what I can, you know. So, yeah, it, it'll be fun. Juan Thornhill, let's not forget, Juan Thornhill said, I'm an all-pro, write it down, right? There's real competition there to go, hey, Thornhill, if you're not, this team has already benched you before, and now they got a second rounder waiting for your reps if you're not. So I like the competition angle in this group, and certainly Dion Bush looks looks better than any last safety the Chiefs have had out there since. I mean, the, the upgrade yeah. from Sorensen and Watts to Cook – and Bush is <laughs> it, just crazy. It's crazy. It makes up for the loss of Tyron Matthew in my mind. For at, sure. le- at least last season of Tyron Matthew. The first two seasons of Tyron Matthew in Kansas City. I do not want to underestimate how, how good he was. Yeah. yeah. But last year, there obviously were business decisions being made. Yeah. Justin Reed, hard hitter. Yeah. Deion Bush, everyone keeps talking about how he's laying the wood. <laughs> Juan Thornhill, we know, I think, is very solid. And then when it comes to Brian Cook, he's almost that safety linebacker hybrid, right? Not Jamal Adams, but similar in the sense of you don't know what he could do. Yeah. And he's going to have some time, in my opinion, to get acclimated. They don't need Brian Cook to be a stud right away. They're not counting on Brian Cook. Pressure is off him. Spags can use him in certain situations, in certain scenarios that, that showcases his talents. If he's weak in an area, at least early on as a rookie, they can hide him. And that's big. Yeah, I uh, I don't disagree. I of all the positions, this is the one that I'm like, love it, love what you did with it. I love the mix of youth and experience. I love the depth. I love the overall talent. The Chiefs are great at safety, um, and they're and they look great for years to come. Of course, there's nothing to say about the specialists really, unless you have something to say. Tommy Townsend, James Winchester, Harrison Bucker in place again. Yeah, there they are. That's all I have to say about it. You? Yeah, that's it. I also want to bring up a good point. Angry, drunken German. Hell of a name, by the way. Uh, he says the floor of, on the talent this year is significantly raised, especially at wide receiver, wide receiver, safety, linebacker, and uh, halfback. I agree. Yeah. Hunger at a lot of positions and almost feel like the floor is raised. It feels like even with, for example, Tyron Matthew, who I, I would probably still say might be better overall, than Justin Reed, right? Let's say, for example, Juvarius Ward, I think is outside of maybe Legereus Sneed, would probably still be the CB1 on this roster, right? Let's say Tyree Kill, he's gone. The guys, though, from two to five or two to six at those positions are so much improved that the depth almost makes up. And I think it does make up for the loss of the top-end talent. 
The floor is raised. The ceiling, we don't know because there's so many young guys. But I, I'm with you. I think the floor is raised higher even while getting younger, and that's something that not many teams can do. No, no, it's, it's pretty great. And as long as Patrick Mahomes is your quarterback, your ceiling is always going to be what it will be, you know, which is great. Uh, Sterling, one more question for you before we run out of time here um, in terms of like Chiefs content and whatnot. Now that we've seen, now that we went through all the roster cuts and we've seen the first iteration of the 53-man roster, if the Chiefs were going to make a move, at a position to get some help before the regular season. What position do you think that would be? And then are you predicting a move there? I could see Danny Shelton or a interior defensive lineman returning to Kansas City because I don't think they keep four. Again, if that comes with Malik Herring going on the IR, then that would make a lot of sense. Uh, Linebacker safety corner, I think they're completely set there. Wide receiver, I wouldn't be shocked if a bigger name wide receiver fell through the through a team's grasp. But again, at the same time, they didn't go after Chenault. They didn't bring on Darius Fountain, who I think a lot of folks had pegged as that number six wide receiver. It doesn't make sense for them to go after Denzel Mims. What's the upgrade necessarily there? Running back, I think they're set with those four guys, although I am with you. I don't know what Ronald Jones necessarily brings. If Tyler Beatty is amenable to coming to Kansas City, which let's hope, M-I-Z, I wouldn't be opposed, but also he almost fits the Jarek McKinnon role, not the Ronald Jones role. So that could be intriguing. And then QB, I think they keep Shane Bouchelle, which means they keep three. Yeah. I'll roll with tight end because we've already talked about Kendall Blanton. And I think that's a real possibility. And then I, th- and then I think defensive interior and cornerback are both places I'm watching for key players who may come through. And if not, then there's no moves to be made, but, but right player at those positions, I could see it. Well, hey, Sterling, this week's must list, uh, our producer Richard was having some technical problems earlier. Is that still true, Richard? Can you give us like a like a, a signal? How am I sounding? Yeah, you're oh, glorious. Look great, nice. sound great. I, I feel like you prepped for it. I feel like you just yes. went, like, like went to the salon or something. and like All day, he woke up at 5 a.m., got up, started straightening his hair, Man. conditioned it and everything. I did 100 combs on the right, 100 combs on the left while you guys were talking. So we're good to go. <laughs> Love it. Uh, well, hey, before we go, um, if you're listening to us for the first time in a little while, we've been doing this thing every week called the must list, which is just something we're excited about outside of Chiefs football that we'd love to share about. And uh, Sterling, like, let's start with you. You got anything at all that, you, uh, that you're excited about you want to share with our faithful listeners? I refound Heaven and Hell, the album by Black Sabbath, the one with Dio when he joined. Holy shit, that album's incredible. I, I love Dio. Dio's my my go-to guy. Rainbow, fuck yeah. Holy Diver, the last in line, fuck yeah. So when he joined Black Sabbath, I'm like, oh, this is just incredible. They had another album in 2009 called Heaven and Hell. Pretty solid, too. But the album from 1980, Heaven and Hell, whoo. That's top tier. <laughs> I didn't know Dio had such a place in your heart. It's, uh, that was unexpected. Who doesn't love Ronnie James Dio? Come on now. That dude was like five, six belting songs out of there. Come on. <laughs> Ronnie James. Uh, what about you, Richard? Uh, for this week, I'm going to recommend something I've actually been rewatching. So I just felt like I needed to, to say this out loud. Uh, Abbott Elementary. It's a sitcom. Uh, you can find it, I think, on like Hulu or HBO Max. It's really cute. It's one of those, you know, uh, Parks and Rec office type things where you've got like a documentary crew following around a, a bunch of 
teachers at a, uh, I guess like a K through, I want to say a K through eight or something um, in Philadelphia. It's really cute. Check it out. Quinta Brunson's the lead. She's great. She's hilarious. Abbott I've heard Elementary. great things about that show, but I've never watched it, but you recommend it. Oh, it's great. It's yeah. I mean, it's, it's simple TV, but I mean, it's really good too. It's got a good yeah. message. Support your public school teachers. Love it. Love it. Uh, I have been reacquainting myself with the Rolling Stones catalog. Uh, just going album by album. Cause I'm just like, I need to catch back up. And I like, I got to let it bleed, which I don't know if you guys are like into the stones at all or into, but dude, I got to this album and now I'm, I can't stop. I mean, it's like, it's like front to back. It's like Mick Taylor's first album with them. And it like Keith Richards does like almost all the, all the guitar work himself on it. And it like, it just, it's like everything. It's like gospel and soul and, country but it's like rock and roll i mean i'm just sitting there going this is this is like one of the greatest rock albums ever made and i like wasn't as good into it as i should have been so you're flabbergasted right now it's such a great day i yeah i can't stop playing this album anyway so yeah it's kind of fun to go back and revisit you guys have the everyone has these bands right where like you're like, oh, I know I should know way more about them than I really do. Sure. But you just, you know, like you have to be raised with certain parents or the older brother or the, you know, or or you take on so much stuff, but then not the rest. And so, yeah, the Stones have always kind of been that band for me. We're like, I know all the hits and I've heard, you know, whatever. But but hell, I'm just like, I'm like, Monkey Man's a great fucking track. Everyone listen to Monkey Man. And everyone's That's like. That's a good song. Yeah, it's so good, man. So yeah. good. So anyway. Uh, that's, that's what I've been like geeking out about this week. If you want to hear about geeking out, the amount of times I paid, I played paint it black in pet band is through the fucking roof, dude, <laughs> through the fucking roof. Just me drumming back there. Just paint it black. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Richard always appreciate you hopping in for the must list. I hope you guys enjoy you. the must list. We enjoy the must list. And hopefully you guys listen to what we say in the must list. If not, that's fine too. We'll still enjoy it. This was the Arrowhead Attic podcast with Matt Connor and Sterling Holmes. Keep an eye out for Patrick Allen and Matt Verderam Arrowhead Attic podcast on Thursday. Guys, we appreciate everything you guys do when it comes to the comments, when it comes to leaving us a review, when it comes to drinking Casey Beerco and tagging us in it. Again, we always appreciate it. All the content, very fun. We are out. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.